In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Guys, what is your calling in life? What is the thing that you are compelled to do in this one life you've been given? You know, someone once said, we're all given one chance to live, but if we do it right, once is enough. So find out how to discover your calling today. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. From men in the arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Guys, this episode is sponsored by Juniper Mountain Trading Post. Juniper Mountain Trading Post was founded by hunters, ranchers, and farmers crafting the best coffee you can buy is the foundation of this company, but their mission runs much deeper than this, guys. Their deeper desire is to stand against the moral decay of this country, the corrosion of integrity, honor, and tradition. Just like they don't compromise the quality of their coffee, they'll never compromise the values of their organization. When you buy from Juniper Mountain Trading Post, JMTP, they, you can rest assured that your money supports American-made craftsmanship and manufacturing manufacturing. Their values are simple, guys. Operate with honesty and integrity, treat people right, and never cut corners. And guys, I know the guys that run this company, and they are the opposite of those that cut corners. They spend a lot more money to produce a quality product than you can ever imagine. No corners are cut. Only the best is given to you guys every day, and it comes out in the taste of their coffee. If, just go to junipermountaintradingpost.com, and at checkout, if you type in the word arena, they will give you 10% off your purchase. Men in the Arena Army, we salute you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm Jim Ramos, your host and guide of today's podcast and Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men, guiding you to your best version, the stress bubble of life and beyond. Men, before we jump into the meat of this podcast, I want to share with you our hero story. As you know, our hero stories are supplied by you, our heroes. They're stories of transformation of your life. When you let us know how God is changing your life, or if you let us know how God is changing the life of someone you love, please hit us up. And when you send us your physical address, we will send you a gift just to say thank you. And if you want to do this on uh, verbally, if you want to do this as an audio recording, you can just uh, get put an audio recording on Instagram, or you can go to our website at podcast.menarena.org. And when you and there's a place there where you can record a hero story for us, and we would re, we would actually play that recording right on the podcast. So uh, this one is number five. This is number five 
out of our 365, and I realize we'd never use this one. This comes in from Dan from Oregon. Dan writes, my philosophy of life was so disjointed, and I feared my own inadequacies to the point that something had to be changed. One of my closest friends told me about Men in the Arena, and after attending a small group, it's been completely life-changing and changed the direction of my life. I've been totally connected with Christianity and been humbled as a follower of Jesus who looks for wisdom in the Word rather than his own mind. I've been inspired to be a better man, husband, and father, and spiritual leader in my family by the testimony from the men of this group. It has inspired my wife and I to be intentional in our faith together, attending church, studying the Word together, praying with each other daily, and glorifying God in our marriage. I thank God every day that I'm married to a godly woman who solidified me and won me over to the fact that when a man gets it, everyone wins. Man, that is so awesome. So Dan, thanks so much, bro, for sending that in to us. And hit us up. We want to send you a gift just to say thank you. So guys, I want to dive into the meat of this podcast. This podcast episode is going to take some work on your part. It's going to take some deep thinking and processing on your part. So I just want to warn you ahead of time, we've done other podcasts in the past that talk about your spiritual shape, that talk about your purpose. So we're going to take a different angled look at how you discover your calling in life. So again, I'll go back to what I believe are the three most important questions a man can ever ask. Who am I? Why am I here? And what am I going to do about it? We have podcast episodes of each of those. But as you're answering, especially those first two questions, who am I and why am I here? You want to do it to discover your calling. What has God called your life to? Now, here's what a calling is not. A calling is not your career. Your career will change. Your source of income will change, especially in the younger generations. They are much more mobile, highly mobile, and transitionary in their jobs. And so uh, your job, your career will change. So your career is not your calling. Your cares are not your calling. By cares, I'm saying your wife and kids are not your calling. Now, I hear a lot of you pushing back on, whoa, whoa, whoa. You tell me I'm called to love my kids and to love my wife. Yes, I do tell you that. This is a biblical mandate. So it's a calling at a lower level, uh, um, like a 10,000-foot level. You are mandated in Scripture to love your wife, to live out the Bible, uh, to live out uh, what the Bible teaches in obedience, to raise your children, to serve in your community. These are things that you're called to do. This is a, 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 a so these things that you deeply care about, although you are called to do about that, you are called to do them, you are called from a mandate perspective. Every man is called to love his wife, to love his children, to provide for them, to serve in the community. So this is this is a general thing that we're all called to to take care of the things we care about. Your calling is also not your causes. In other words, the your the, the areas where you serve, the areas where you volunteer, the areas that you financially uh, uh, supply resources to, these are causes that you deeply care about. But and and you you may be called to them, but they are not your calling. These are all ten thousand foot level things. So these are all very very important things, right? Your career is very important. Your your the things you care about, your wife and children are very important. Your your causes that you support are very important. But these are these are 
really under the umbrella of something higher level. That higher level is called your calling. So your calling is bigger than what you do now. Your calling, now here, here it is right here. Your calling is about why you are doing it. Another way uh, that you can say this is your calling is your compelling. It's the thing that compels you the most. In 1 Corinthians 9, 16, and 17, Paul says, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion. For woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this voluntarily, I have reward. But if against my will, I have a stewardship entrusted to me. Now you may say, well, there it is. That's his compelling. Well, it really, it's getting closer to his compelling. He's under compulsion to do this thing called preaching the gospel. But if we dig a little deeper into Romans chapter one, verse five, we read this. Through whom, Paul's writing again, he says, through whom we have received the grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles for his namesake, among whom you are also called of Jesus Christ. In Galatians 2.8, Paul continues, he says, for he who effectively worked for Peter in his apostleship to the circumcised, in other words, to the Jewish people, effectively worked for me also to the Gentiles. We know from Scripture over and over again, Paul was called to be an apostle, and he's the first one to do it, to the Gentiles. So his calling or his compelling was not to preach the gospel. It was to preach the gospel to the Gentiles, to write to the Gentiles. You and I are here today, if you are not Jewish, you and I are here today in part because Paul was caused to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. That was his calling. So, so as you try to answer the question, what is my calling or what is my compelling? Here are four things I want to tell you. First of all, what is your why? What is your compelling? Why do you do what you do in life? So what's the overline, or you could say even underlying theme of why you do what you do? What What is your calling? I My calling is to... my my ministry call is to minister to men, but I have a, a deeper calling. I have a deep, deep desire to be significant in my life and to leave a legacy. Number two, why were you created and placed in this geographic area? I'm in Oregon. You may be in Alabama. You may be in New Hampshire. You may be in Texas. You may be in Alaska. Why did God put you there for this season? Number three, why are you here in this time in history? You know, you could have been put in, God could have, after God made you, he could have put you 5,000 years ago. He could have put you 5,000 years from now, but God has placed you here now. And that was not by accident. Why are you here now? And I would say this, when I'm in doubt, I ask my wife, I ask, I go to Shannon, I go, Hey honey, what do you think? What am I compelled to do? Like what, what drives me? What are my, what is my inner compelling? What is that thing that pushes me forward? And our wives are so insightful, man. They're so smart. And they, they want you to be your best version, probably more than you do. And your wife, if you ask her for the loving truth, she will tell you and just be ready for it. It might change your world and it will definitely change your life. So here are three ways that you can discover this undercurrent, this calling of your life. The first one is this, uh, and this was so powerful in my life. And this happened over, well, this happened almost 30 years ago. I was just barely in my 30s. Eulogy. 
write your own eulogy. Now, remember, an obituary is something that people write that goes into a newspaper. It's it's what they write about kind of the accomplishments that you had in your life. A eulogy is something that your loved ones uh, write or express to honor your life and your impact on your life. So, so you could, so I would say the eulogy is a little bit different in the sense that it, 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 it highlights who you were to the people you love. In other words, how are you remembered by those closest to you? This moves beyond your career and your resume. So when you write your eulogy, it is, it is a big picture of your life more than the daily grind about your life. It is a macro look into your life, not a micro. It doesn't look at your job and your resume. It's a macro look at your life. It's eternal versus temporal. It's got, you know, are people who love you going to speak of eternal things about your life? It's heavenly versus earthly. So I've noticed when I've gone to funeral services, memorial services, there are no more than three themes that permeate a person's life. So hundred years can be reduced to three things. I was just at a good friend of mine's funeral, Gary Ballantyne. Three themes overwhelmed his life. He loved children and youth. He loved Jesus and he loved to serve. That was just overwhelming. It was overwhelming. I thought, what a great way to eulogize Gary's life. He loved Jesus. He loved children and youth. And man, he loved to serve. Man, that is a home run, Gary. Well done. So the so another way to do this besides the eulogy. So I would say take time and write your eulogy. I mean now bring a tissue. Uh, I can't read mine without crying, and I wrote it thirty years ago. So make sure you write your eulogy out. The next thing I would say is this: What is your heart's desire? You know what 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 are you just incredibly passionate about? What is this thing that just seems to drive and motivate you? You know, some people call it a Popeye moment. It's this this thing that you can't stand it. You can't stand no more. It's a passion that drives you. It's, it may be something that really breaks you, really breaks your heart. You know, is there something in your life that there's a deep, you know, I know a lot of people that are driven by money. I'm just not driven by money. Uh, I, I'm not. I like money. I love to spend money. But money is just not something that is a heart's desire. It's not a motivator. Uh, it's just not. I am driven by significance, way more than money. So the next thing, the third thing is this. What is your history? So your eulogy is you standing where you are now in the present, looking way out into the future, where when I'm talking about your history, I'm saying where you're standing now, look backwards and see what has happened in your life so far. In other words, when in your life did you feel the most alive? What were you doing in that moment? What stories do you share the most often with others and why are you sharing them? What past events make you emotional with joy? What makes you come alive? What vivid memories do you wish to recreate? So when you go back into your life and you look back on those things, they give you a real good perspective of what you may be called to. So I would just say this. The best way to find your calling is just to take these three categories, take the four uh, questions I mentioned earlier, and, and to connect, begin to connect the dots and just, just kind of map them out and see what God is actually, what, what God has placed on your life as an ultimate calling on your life. Guys, if this episode helped you, and I know this episode is going to require a lot of thought, 
uh, or maybe listening to this multiple times. And if this podcast is helping you overall, make sure you are clicking that subscribe button. When you do that, it helps us to move up in the charts, which gives us greater visibility to other people, which helps us to impact more lives for Jesus. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Get in the game, get dirty, grind it out, and be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men's from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.